Can you dig it, sucker? Live from Houston, Texas, and around the world. Join the six-time world heavyweight champion, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, and WWE NXT announcer, Booker T. Booker T. Alongside his right-hand man, the boat, Brad Gilmore. It's time to get your champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. Now, can you dig that? Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. I'm Booker T. <laughs> Six-time world champ, two-time Hall of Famer. My voice, man. My voice is a little hoarse today, so you guys are going to have to bear with me. But welcome inside the Hall of Fame. Well, you get your champagne wishes and caviar dreams, man. But uh, Bradley, Bradley, how you doing, man? How you feeling, dog? <laughs> I'm feeling good, Book. I'm feeling good, Book. You know, we've had a great day already. And you know what? It is it is a phenomenal day in the city of Houston because it is raining outside. And it's been nice man, to have a little man. rain. So loving this little rain coming through, man. I mean, like, man, uh, thank God, you know, the rain is here. Thank God the water, you know, is Soaking up the ground real good. The grass is filled. My grass was talking to me today. Yeah, I said, thank you. Thank you, God. You know what I mean? Because uh, we've been needing this for a long time, man. 100 degree weather uh, for like the last couple of months. Uh, right now, it's it's, it's like uh, uh, 80 degrees mm-hmm. in Houston. Mm-hmm. 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just was looking at the news and they say it's 80 degrees right now. That's a great day, book. That's a great yeah, day when it's 80 degrees. I had to cut the AC off here a minute ago when I came upstairs to, you know, get locked in and here in the studio. And I was like, man, it's pretty cold in here. You know, normally it's, it's kind of warm in this area. But today, man, it's, that AC was kicking, man. But uh, I'm just happy, man. I'm happy we, you know, getting back to our, our, our golf weather. You know what I mean? I got a chance to play golf on Sunday. It was the first time I got a chance to play in two months. And um, the golf game wasn't that great. But uh, it was just good to be out, seriously. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I liked it. We have a weather that we can actually live in uh, momentarily because I mean some some of the some of these uh, 101, 102, 103 degree days, 105 degree days with a hundred percent humidity in Houston is it's not it's not ideal book. But you know what? We had a great we had a great day, and uh, fans of the podcast are going to get to hear us on Podcast Heat have an exclusive conversation with a pretty uh, two pretty big names. Uh, one in the world of wrestling who's going to be one of the stars you're going to talk about for the next 15 years or more. And then we also have another uh, legend. Last week we had Cedric the Entertainer. This week we have another legend on the show. Uh, should I flash the banner of who we have this week on the do podcast? It. Do it now. i do it for you, Daddy. So we're going to have Trick Williams and the Trillo G himself representing Port Arthur, Texas. One half of UGK. Bun B. Um, is going to be stepping inside the Hall of Fame, and we got to go over there to uh, Trill Burger today and and get it done. What a burger. What a burger, man. Gosh, stay tuned. You're going to hear a whole lot of that conversation. But I tell you, man, a lot lot of stuff been going on right now. Been blowing up the internet. And, man, we got to get in it. First, uh, you know, NXT. NXT, we had a little bet. We had a little bet, you and I. I said, 820 you said what 860 i said 860 i wrote it down you said 820 i said 860 
and boom, uh, we 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 uh, split the difference. Let's just say that pretty much, at, yeah. At, at, at eight fifty, and uh, man, but I was uh, I was talking to my man um, Joe Vic, and Joe Vic said at one point we went to one point six million. Uh, for that night and NXT. So I'm going to tell you right now, man, any, anytime we, we talking about numbers like that, I'm pretty happy just to be a part of uh, the movement of NXT uh, going in that direction. And I must say, Becky Lynch coming off of, um, let's just say, one of the best performances that she ever had with Trish Stratus. Ooh. You know what I mean? Uh, in that sale. Well, in that cage, let's just say that. Um what a match, and then to back it up with another match against Tiffany Stratton on NXT. Man, she's on fire right now. She's on fire, and I, I got a chance to watch her up close and personal, man, and Becky knows what she's doing, man. Uh, she, she's the man. She's the man. I got a, I got a chance to watch Becky Lynch work, perform inside the ring with, with Tiffany Stratton, someone who's, you know, uh, pretty much fairly new at this game, uh, and, I, and I equate it to me being fairly new jumping in the ring with somebody – somebody like Ricky Steamboat and, 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 and I, and I, and I watched Tiffany and I, and I, and literally I had flashbacks. I had flashbacks to working with Steamboat because the only thing I had to do was just keep my ears open, follow him and, and try to make sure I execute when it was time to execute. And I watched Tiffany Stratton do the same thing with Becky. Becky was walking and talking, man, like a pro. And I was like, wow, man, this girl, she's good, man. She's real good. She's good. Oh, yes. And I've been hearing people talking about my catchphrase. Oh, yes. I oh, will look here. It ain't going nowhere, damn it. We're getting the T-shirts, man. <laughs> well, I, w- I will say this, too, because NXT is always appointment television for us here inside the Hall of Fame. But knowing that Tiffany Stratton, who we had on the show last week, was going into this match. This match was highly uh, touted, a lot of hype around it. And um, I know that, you know, you can, in those moments you can feel the pressure. But I will say this, man, those two women that went out there and they rocked it. They delivered to the utmost. And, I mean, the swanton, can we talk about the swanton for yeah. one minute that Tiffany Stratton hit? Picture perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better swanton than that one, boy. It was one of the best swantons I've ever seen uh, perform, perform, pulled off uh, inside the square circle. I mean, she did it. I mean, it was graceful. But when I when I talk about coming down from the heavens, man, that's what I'm talking about. It was beautiful. I'm talking about it was like the, one of the flying Melinda's. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's going way back, y'all. And you, just just look up the Willendas. You know what I'm talking about. But 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 now, man, she uh, as far as the moon saw, and she she actually was uh, saying, I actually uh, told, was talking to her about that. That's one time, and she said that was the first time that she had ever did it in the ring. And I was wow. like, wow. I was like, that's that's very impressive. She's on her way. Um, uh, like I say, uh, I've been um looking on the uh, you know in the comments, of course. And, you know, a lot of people saying that um, Tiffany Stratton got buried, you know, in that mat. Uh, we lost Booker for a second, uh, I think. You, you still with me, Brad? You there still you with go. Me? You still with me? Yeah, you okay. just came back. Uh, I'm, I'm here to say uh, Tiffany Stratton, she didn't get buried in that match. Um, that was a match um, that a, a young, you know, star like Tiffany Stratton would look forward to getting in the ring with someone like Becky Lynch and then to be able to have a program with someone like Becky Lynch, that's just icing on the cake. I can only wish to be in someone like Tiffany Stratton's position 
right now. She's definitely on the rise. And I said, um, Tiffany Stratton is going to be, if she could just keep her head straight, which I really think she will, I think Tiffany Stratton is going to go down as one of the greats. I really do. She um, was sensational. I mean, she was sensational uh, in the match. Both of them were. And I think that anybody who thinks that she gets buried by losing to Becky Lynch, who's now a Grand Slam champion, one of the biggest names in the history of women's pro wrestling, um, I, I think that this is what I said to you all. Just sit back and watch. You know what I mean? See see what happens. Because when somebody wins the title, eventually what happens, Book? Somebody's got to lose the title. And, yeah, um, but then when somebody wins it again, they're going to be made. They're going to be right. made. You know, as I said, made in the shade. <laughs> well, I mean, but think about it. Think about it like this. I mean, you've said this uh, so many times on this show over the years. Um, it, it, it'd be great to be a one-time world heavyweight champion, right? That's a great accomplishment. You know what sounds yeah. better? Being a five-time world heavyweight, six-time yeah. world heavyweight yeah, that's, champion, that's, right? That's got a, it's got a certain ring to it. It's got a certain feel. You know what I mean? And, and I got all mine like in one year. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Uh, it still counts. I can still say it. I can still call it. And uh, that's what uh, Tiffany Stratton is looking for. She's so like I said. She's looking to go, go, go past the. Stars, you know what I mean, to the moon, straight to the nebula, baby. Oh yes, she's doing it, and she's doing it her way. But let's not forget, guys, on uh, on uh, September twenty third, Reality of Wrestling is going to have two NXT stars up uh, to main event that show. Um, Axiom, Charlie Dempsey, ninety three hundred, Emmett F. Lowry, Expressway, seven o'clock bell time. Don't miss out. Don't get shut out. Raw Arena is going to be. Kick it, baby. It's going to be hot. It's going to be real hot. So make sure you out. You know what? There's only a few tickets left. But we, you know what we're going to do? What we we going to, you know what? We going to, we going to, uh, we going to put a special, you know, ticket row out. We going to do Woo! something special for the fans at Reality Run. We're going to make sure everybody get in the building. Or Even if it's standing room only, like when I was in Korea back in the day, man. Standing room. Yeah, I was in Korea. Standing room only, man. E1 Po. Hey, guys, stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame, y'all. Hey, man. Uh, like I said, could, could not wait um, to September 23rd um, to, to debut our new arena um, to the fans. It's something that we're really, really proud of. Uh, the Royal Arena is something that is really, really special to all of those young men and young women that perform on a monthly basis as well and now they're getting an upgrade man we're about to upgrade up up upgrade you uh we need to get beyonce in the house uh, uh for this debut but but i tell you what guys uh, it's gonna be a hell of a main event axiom one of the um one of the hottest mass superstars that we have in nec i said this guy's gonna be one of the one of the greats one day as well as charlie dempsey grappler extraordinaire oh yes it's gonna be a hell of a main event showdown going down the next chapter baby come get some can't wait man how you feel man you ready i'm excited you know we we were down there at the new arena uh last night just checking things out doing some stuff that we need to get done and um you know i'm i'm really excited about it i just for a moment, I just stood there on the side of the ring, and I looked around, and I just started to imagine the people sitting there and imagine yeah. what it's going to look like on the 23rd with a sold-out house. You sold know, because it's going to be sold out. That's all the reality wrestling does. Oh, it's sold out. 
It's already sold out. It's already it's sold, already sold out. out. We, we're you talking know, about I having give, to add well, special seats. Can we give uh, Kevin Bernhardt uh, a special thanks, man, because he's been working his ass off, man. He's been making sure everything is right for that debut. I mean, he's doing stuff that I, I'm looking at. I, I haven't said anything. He's literally taken up is taking upon himself and made it his own responsibility to make sure the arena is open properly for, for all of you guys. So guys come out and um, have some fun with us on the, on the 23rd, first round, first round on me, you know what I mean? First round on me, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. It's going to be uh going out again. That's 9,300 MF Lowry expressway. Um, and also book, I think before we, I want to talk about Jake Cargill here in just a moment. And we oh, got, yes. we got some we other stuff to about. talk about. That's big news though. That's breaking news. We need to get one of them breaking news. We need to get one of those. Well, why don't we, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we, we are hearing <laughs> rumors on the internet Yes. About Jade Cargill, this was reported from Fightful uh, Select, I believe, is where this information is coming from. This is um, this is what it says. Fightful Select reported early on September 14th that Cargill had effectively finished up with All Elite Wrestling just hours before the Rampage tapings in Cincinnati. There had been discussions about the nature of Cargill's deal over the summer, and she was play, uh, taking planned time off from the company after AEW All or Nothing, or excuse me, Double or Nothing. Those were those we've spoken with uh, within WWE are of the belief that her deal may be structured in a way that could have her sign imminently, whatever that means. There was discussion of Cargill holding option years in AEW that has been confirmed. Yada, yada, yada. Here we go. Upon returning backstage following her match against Chris Statlander in Cincinnati, Jay was greeted with several members of the roster who exchanged hugs. It was seen as a farewell within the company. There were many within the company that said that she was heading to WWE, but she has not explicitly stated that um, Cargill does have a lot of team and representative with her deal. Some top WWE stars have heard Cargill was heading to the company early as last week, and it was a topic of conversation backstage at WWE Raw. What do you think? Cargill to WWE, do you like this? Look at your face. <laughs> no, man. I said it, I said it, I said it some months back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I said it some months months back. I said Jay Cargill has WWE written all over her. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Yeah. I said she's a she's a WWE superstar. You know what I mean? Not that you know she didn't fit in or uh could you know could 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 not not fit in in, in AEW. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying she is what WWE has always promoted. Um, that super athlete, um, that super soldier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, no, nah, man, this is something uh, I anticipated. Um, I, I didn't, you know, put it out there or anything as far as saying um, Jay Cargill was going to be coming to WWE. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, BT. You just cut out on us there for a moment. Yeah, there we go. I did feel like um, Cargill was um, perfect, um, um, uh, that perfect star for the, the WWE. I mean, her star power is so huge right now. I mean, just like, just like just say this, for instance, they, they put a title on her, and they didn't even have to make her a champ, but she still was the focal point of that whole thing. Everybody was waiting on when, when Jane Cargill was going to go against Britt Baker. That never happened, I, I don't think, right? Uh, not, not, not for the title, no. I don't believe no, they ever had the exactly. match. Exactly. You know, 
I don't think they ever had the match or anything like that. And I think, um, of course, they were grooming um, Jay Cargill because, of course, she is a little green. But from the uh, from the um, growth of the performance of Jay Cargill over the past few times I've seen her in the ring, she looked like she's pro- progressing uh, relatively quickly. And I think in the WWE, I think she's going to progress a whole lot quicker because – WWE is not going to put in positions where she got to go out there and do a lot of the stuff that a lot of those girls over there at AEW want to do, like go out there and have a, a death match, want to go out there and have a, a glass, you know, a, you know, one of these you know crazy matches, you know what I mean? Uh, and I, th- I just think in WWE, her star power is, is going to grow like crazy. She's going to be a mega star in WWE. I hear we did talk about this several months back, um, and those were your exact words. Jade Cargill has WWE written all over her, and she has such a – you know, she looks like a superhero. You know what I mean? Like, like when you see her, she's obviously a very, very beautiful girl, but with a great musculature, a, a great look, always thinks about her ring entrance and her attire and what she's going to wear and how she's going to come across and present herself. And I, I will say, the AEW, to their credit, they did a good job of, of presenting her in a certain fashion and kind of making her the TBS champion, making that title for her. Um, but I think that... Uh, her potential is capped in AEW just from, as you said, her style is so different, right? And her style, to me, uh, screams more of that WWE-type product than it does AEW-type product. With with Jade, it's not about the work rate. It's about she's an attraction, you know? You're not trying to get a, a, a certain kind of match out of her. You, you just want to go and see her. You want to see, man, we saw Cargill last night. She came through. She was looking great. Then she hit her with the slam at the end. She looked like a superhero. I mean, her outfits are always, you know, shining. You you could tell she puts a whole lot of thought process into, you know, her, her presentation. And that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people can't teach you. You got to want that. And I just, that, I just feel like in WWE, um, you know, she should get a chance to work with a lot of different girls that she's going to be able to learn a whole lot from, you know what I mean? Along that, that route at the same time. And I just think she, I just, I really think Jay Cargill would be in a better place. The one thing about this, um, this window, it, it, it closes very, very quickly. And Jay Cargill needs to get the, the most out of the opportunity that she's going to get in this business. She needs to do it quick. Yeah. Yeah. She needs to do it quick. And, and to me, that's why I wanted to ask you, do you feel that Jade, if she does sign with WWE, let's say she does, would you want her to be on the NXT roster or do you want her going straight to the main roster? I don't want her going straight to the main roster. Uh, she, she's got that kind of star appeal. Um, and NXT, um, she would overshadow just about everything that's going on there. Just That's just me personally. Um, yeah. but, I, but I think Jay Cargill is a main event attraction right now. Sign her and, and put her in the game uh, right now uh, because there again, on the job training, I think is what Jay Cargill needs more than anything. Now, let me ask you this. If she does leave, what is that? Is that a loss? Let me put it this way. Is that a loss for AEW? And, and how do you feel like, you know, what, what does that say about AEW her, if she leaves? You know, it's a loss for AEW, but I, I think also it, it's not um, uh, uh, 
you know, a spot where AEW was putting a lot of stock into as well, as far as the women's division, trying to build a women's division and really create something, you know, where just say, for instance, they could do an all woman show. I, I don't, I don't know about three or four women in AEW right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you, can you name five women in AEW? I mean, if I, if I had a second, I probably could put them together. Yeah. Just, go ahead and try. Go ahead and try. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we got Athena. Right, Britt Baker. Oh, well, Athena's in, in ROH. Okay, okay, okay. So we got Britt Baker, Soraya, right? Um, um, Anna J, Sky Blue, and uh, there's there's more. Oh, oh, oh uh, uh, what's it? Tony Storm. It took you a minute. I said, if you give me a minute, I could get there. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. So it wasn't a whole lot of stock put into the. I agree. There, so I feel like Jay Cargill it, was just spinning the wheels, looking good. I mean, did she look good on the show every week? Yeah, I mean, when she was on the show, yes, she looked good. Did she um, look good when she, you know, got wins? So of course she did. But as far as really learning the business and really honing the craft, I don't think you uh, have enough time or enough matches over there to actually do that, especially on television. Yeah, right. And now that you know they've they've gone down, I guess they still have three shows. They got five hours of television, but but I do agree with you. I think that as far as the women's division in AEW, most people would say that's they haven't spent as much time really cultivating that as WWE has in the last five, six, seven years. And yes, um, yes. but but man, can you think about again like, and I just say it this way, and I look, I love all pro wrestling, but when you look at who the WWE is targeting from AEW, and when you look at who AEW is targeting from the WWE, it's a tale of two cities. It seems as though WWE wants somebody who's either a young star who hasn't hit their prime yet or somebody who might be right in the middle of their prime like a Cody Rhodes, and AEW has people who are still credible, still can offer something in the industry, um, but as obviously, I mean, if you have a 30-year career, you're at the, you're toward the tail end of it, Right. Um, yeah. And it seems yeah. to be you know going more for a name power there in AEW. It's just a tale oh, of two AEW uh, uh, structure is a little bit different because they seem like they they don't mind hiring the older guys, but they want to hire like the indie guys at the same time. Yeah, it's a it's a, a melting pot. Well, you want uh, the older guys, guys for the name value, right? And what well, they you, bring. You, you want the guys, uh, the older guys, you know, for the um, the veteran experience as well. But That's true. None of that is being utilized. Stick around, guys. You're in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute, y'all. Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. We're back, guys. Uh, been having a little technical difficulty. Guys, we've been getting a hell of a lot of rain, man, in the last couple of days. And I'm thinking the internet. The internet might be on the on the fritz or something like that. But we back. We back. Uh, what are we talking about, uh, Jay Cargill? We're talking about Jay Cargill and coming over to the WWE. That's the big rumor on the internet. And um, they, look, here's the other thing. When you think about Jay coming over, you think about the potential matchups that you have there. Um, and the, and the, the women's roster is still so stacked. But if you can think of, just from a, a, a physicality standpoint, you know, Rhea Ripley versus Jade Cargill, can you imagine? Ooh, man, that, that's something that gets me excited. You know, it just gets me excited from a presentation standpoint. You know, that's the thing right there, too. You know, the presentation, uh, both of those girls are huge. You know, um, Charlotte, you know, fits right in the mix. Yep. Becky Lynch is gonna have to have a heel to climb, you know, oh, working with those girls. What, too. what but, about what about Bianca and and oh, Jade? Oh my God, man, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be some good good action there. Can you imagine uh, Bianca and Jade as a tag team? All that muscle, mm. 
man. You know I mean? that's, that's all of heat all over again, man. I'm serious, you know. So heck yeah, man. I'm looking forward to seeing exactly how this thing play out. Um, um, we'll find out. We're gonna find out real soon um, if Jay Cargill is gonna be a member of the WWE roster. And, I'm, and me personally, I'm pretty excited about it. Me too, man. Um, you know, talking about women though on the roster. Why don't we talk about one that just came back? To the WWE, um, we saw a chat come in here. This is a super chat, super chat from Jason Marone. She's not like most girls. Nia Jax is back yeah. better than she was before, better, stronger, faster. Nia Jax made a return to the company on Monday Night Raw, uh, going after Rhea Ripley, who we were just talking about. What do you think of a uh, Nia Jax's return? Yeah, uh, Nia Jax is back and um, causing havoc immediately. Um, if you're going to bring somebody like Nia back you want to you know put her in the game um and put her in the game quick hopefully she can get a couple of runs and uh <laughs> i think that's what that's what that was all about and i'm glad to see naya back also because uh, i'm sure she was missing the business um her her exit was was kind of like unceremoniously um it, it wasn't something i think she wanted to do i just think it's something that she perhaps needed to do at that time so i'm just glad to see her back yeah, because she came back at the uh, Rumble. I think she was a Rumble surprise entry. Was that this year or was that last year? I can't remember, man. Time's crazy. I think that was this year. Yeah. Was that this year? And then you didn't yeah. really hear anything about it. And then um, and so you're like, oh, maybe that was just a one-off. But it seems like she's kept in good communication with the company, good standing with the company. And, um, yeah, I, I think that more depth to the WWE roster is great, especially in the women's division and being able to make new interesting matchups that, um, you know, we haven't seen prior or we haven't seen in a long time. Is, is definitely good for the gander. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm happy to see Nia back. And that's another one. Nia and Jade. Come on, man. Yeah. Why Why yeah. am I so... I'm like more of a Jade Cargill fan than I realize. Like, I'm actually really hyped <laughs> about Jade. No, man. Like I say, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it just because I feel like Jade Cargill will fit in the WWE perfectly. I think a few, a few guys over there fit in the WWE perfectly um, as well. I'm not going to call any names or anything like that because I know people are going to say, well, Booker T said, you know, such and such is going to be coming over. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I just think a few guys over there fit in the, um, the system um, quite well. There's a couple of guys who uh, just exited from uh, the WWE as well, uh, the diet. Uh, uh, those guys just um, – you know, let their contract run out, and they're going to be leaving the company. Uh, they may, they may, they may be showing up in AEW. You never know. Uh, they may be going back to UK. Um, but uh, Reed and Fowler, um, um, those guys were actually, you know, two of my favorites, um, and I thought they had um, something good going um, for them. It used to be called the um, Young Grizzled Veterans, I think, mm-hmm. is what they called. But um, I, I like those guys, and I kind of hate to see them go a little bit. Yeah, you know, you you know, ever want to see a um, a good tag team? You don't want to see anybody lose them, especially you know when you're there in NXT and you get to see these teams up close and you see the potential. And sometimes you imagine people on the WrestleMania stage, right, or, or the big pay per views, and you see, oh man, I can't wait to see them get there. And uh, but for them, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's got to make the decision that's best for them. And for whatever reason, the dyad didn't feel that. the The NXT system or the WWE system or whatever it was, maybe being the state side didn't really uh, gel with them. And it is. It's unfortunate. And it's the same thing with Jade. Like, I think that when people leave a, a promotion, you always think, well, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong? Why are they leaving? What's wrong? Yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah. you know, you go back to uh, Brian Danielson, and he's like, I just want to try something new. I just want to do something different. I want to get a different experience, you know? And and so not everything's always going to work out um, for everybody. But also, just because somebody leaves doesn't mean there's a problem. 
Um, I, I don't know exactly what's going on with the diet. I don't, I don't know what you've heard or if you know anything more than I do. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that that should be a sign that there are problems, you know, in the nah, locker room. You know what? I don't think it was a problem with those guys or anything like that. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're just not feeling it. Sometimes you want, sometimes you want more. You know what I mean? Sometimes you feel like things aren't happening quick enough. You know, that's, that's just, that's, that's the way it is sometimes. You know get what I mean? frustrated. Yeah, and you can get frustrated and you can get frustrated pretty quick. I've been in those positions myself before. I just, you know, luckily been able to weather the storm and, you know, get through them. But I've been in those stagnant spots to where you're wondering, man, you know, what are they doing with me? Am I going to be doing anything? You know, but if, uh, you know, if it's in the plans, you know, uh, if, it, if it's for you to be in that position, it'll work out. Uh, uh, this business is just so tricky. It's so fluid. And there's so many guys jockeying for that position. It, it's, it's a monster. So you get, you, so you definitely got to put yourself in position to win. I, I tell people all the time, you know, when I, uh, you know, uh, you know, got my, my breaks, a lot of times it wasn't because of me. Um, but I just happened to be prepared when those breaks came, such as when I won the, my first television championship, it was because Rick Martel didn't bring his boots because he just only thought he was doing a promo and they need to get the belt, you know, off Disco Inferno. So they need to put it on me. So, you know, Rick Martel could actually beat me in the next couple of weeks. And, I, and I'm thinking, okay, I'll do that. But I'm thinking in my mind, man, once they get that title over, they're never going to have to be able to get it off of me. That's what I'm thinking. So I was th thinking about making my break with that title. But it wasn't, I wasn't the chosen one, you know. So you just got to be prepared. Preparation is the only luck you're ever going to have, man. It's all, it's all you're ever going to have, BT. It's all you're ever going to have. And, and you know what? Talking about preparation when you're preparing and, and, and you've been through this where you had to wrap up um, your career at least as a full-time performer um, you have to be prepared for what's going to come next one of the big stars in AEW uh, Brian Danielson said you know he told his little girl he wouldn't wrestle past her seventh birthday and uh, she's six now and so that seventh year is coming up and he said he's going to be wrapping things up here over the next year um, what do you, uh, what do you feel about if, you know, Daniel Bryan holds to that or Brian Danielson, excuse me, what do you feel about, about that and where his career is? And, and, and me, obviously not, not great news for AEW, but I'm sure he'll still be around in some capacity. Well, it seems like he knows what he wants, you know, it seems like he, he's pretty much fulfilled, you know, everything that he wanted to fulfill in his business. And now it's, he's thinking about what's next, you know, and what's next is like family, you know, and making sure, you know, you there for you know your kids if you have that chance one thing i i really look back and regret you know being on the road you know when i had a, a kid and I wasn't there for him as much as i felt like i should have been and a lot of wrestlers you know go through that same thing my i'm going on a click again here so okay. hopefully well, we'll we might we'll, might uh, lose but, booker there for just a minute but yeah i i understand what he's saying about brian danielson and you know knowing what you want out of this wrestling game and being able to Make that transition eventually. I think we've lost Book. He'll join back with us here in just a moment. BT, are you there? Okay, he'll join back here in just a moment. But we think about Brian Danielson being sidelined for so long from his career and having to come back after the concussion issues and the neck issues and then battling back, main eventing WrestleMania for the title uh, with that triple threat match with him and Edge at Mania 37 and, and Roman Reigns. And then making the decision to go to AEW, and and I would I was honest, I was surprised 
that Brian Danielson made that decision to go over there and to um to be in AEW and represent for that company. I was like, man, is that where he wants to wrap things up? But to me, Brian Danielson, the big appeal of him is he's always been about the wrestling and, and the next generation. Well, we've had him on the show before. He's one of the great guys who really wants to give back and make guys on his way out. And you saw what he did coming off the bench when CM Punk was, you know, unceremoniously fired from the company. And Brian Danielson had to come in at a moment's notice for that all-out pay-per-view and the dog collar match. He went out there and he showed up and he showed out with Ricky Starks and gave Ricky Starks the best match of his career. So Brian Danielson wrapping things up, man, you know, it's it sucks to see one of the all-time greats, and that's what Brian Danielson is, whether you agree with that or not, the American Dragon's going to be in the conversation for one of the greatest professional wrestlers at the technical craft of professional wrestling uh, of all time. And to see him wrapping things up and coming to a close in his career, it's unfortunate, um, but I understand it, man. He wants to be a family man, and I have a feeling that he'll pop in and out every so often here. But guess what, guys? We're going to be back with BT here in just a second. You're inside the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a momento. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Dig it, sucker. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about it. Let's talk about sex. Hey, you remember when you was always ready to go? I'm talking about strapping the rocket on it, man. Going straight to the moon. I'm talking about getting it done. If you want that extra confidence, I got something for you. Listen up. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, but in a chewable tablet at the fraction of the cost. But the great thing, Book, is you can take it any time, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, guys, it's all done online on the internet. So there's no doctor's visit, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at a pharmacy or any of that. And the thing is, book Blue Chew's tablets, they're made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so no one is the wiser. You know, let's just get it out there, guys. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. It's like this. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew absolutely free when you use promo code Booker at your checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping, man. That's BlueChew.com and use promo code and receive your first month absolutely free, man. Visit BlueChew.com use promo code Booker to receive your first month absolutely free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety the information and you know we want to thank blue chew for sponsoring the hall of fame podcast chew it and do it hey this is booker t six-time world champ two-time hall of fame i got my man brad gilmore here and we're coming to you live this beautiful beautiful day from trill burger right here on shepherd don't miss out don't get shut out guys be anywhere in the area we wish you was here but uh brad how you feeling man how you feeling bt i'm feeling great i haven't eaten in like 
24 hours at least. You've been fasting. You've been fasting. I've been fasting, and I believe in fasting. Not only is it good for the mind and the body, but it's good to have a double or triple trill burger. Oh, man. You don't understand how long I've been waiting for this day. I've no. been waiting for the no, trill no, burger man. day since I first saw them break down this building and, and paint it the trill color. Yes, indeed. I got a chance to come here couple of weeks ago and hang out with my man AJ uh, from WWE. Uh, he shot a little video here at Trill Burger. And I, and I tell you, man, um, the video was good. But the Trill Burger, oh, my God, man, it was off the chains. And um, I was like, man, I got to get back and get back because I had to double. I think yeah. I, I, they say they got a triple, and I think they got a home run. So let's try to get that home run this time, too, like it's Sounds like you're trying to have the grand slam. I'm trying to slide <laughs> in the home plate uh, safely, uh, but do it and do it quick. But, you know, <laughs> but you know you're, you're a proprietor of your own business, too, here in the city. Uh, what is it like to see like someone you know of your ilk, Bun? You know, starting not it. It's not like he bought a Chick Fil A, which would have been cool, right? But he yeah. started his own franchise, the Trill Burger. That, that's that's what's so cool, man. To be to have that, like Nino Brown say that entrepreneurial spirit. Oh yes, that's what you gotta have in this day and age you just to make. Lost everybody under twenty five. They're like Nino Brown. <laughs> Who is Nino Brown? Go back and watch New Jack City. <laughs> Everybody's seen the movie. But no, man, um, to have that spirit, but 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 not just to have that spirit, man, to make it through those trenches, man, because I came through that same hood that Bun came up um, in, you know, South Park, South Side, and, um, you know, uh, and, and it was rough. It was rough. And you had to have a plan. You had to be strategic um, because we, we lost so many brothers uh, um, back in the day. And I'm just so happy to see Bun doing so well. And not just Trillburger, in every department, seemed like everything he touches turns to gold. You see the Trillburger colors? I didn't just make that up. There it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, and to me, like, Bun is one of those icons of the city. And it's cool to see him you know you always talk about the transition you always think about the transition outside of wrestling like yeah. how was i going to get to the next level and now to see the trilogy himself who seems to be making his way over here yes indeed you know um, it's one of those, it. it's one of those things um if you don't know how to change with the times the times will pass you by i say that all the time and to see see the og um make that transition be able to, to be able to you know roll with the punch and, and still be here today and not just be here, but doing so well, not just doing it for himself. He's giving back to the city. That's what it's all about. I'm giving back to the city. Um, you know, I got a, I got a small little little organization. It's called Reality of Wrestling. You know, uh, this is it's a small company, but we work we work hard. We work hard for the people as well as the, those young ones trying to come up in this life. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? I think that, you know, it's about that time. You, you read, hey, is the time to bring him in? I let's think it's time to bring let's him bring, in. Let's, I'm not trying to uh, whenever the Hall of Fame uh, let, let, You know, let's bring Bun in let's right bring, now, man. Let's, let's bring, bring the OG the in. Himself. Let's bring the godfather of H-Town in the house. Brand Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. Man, Bun I'm, B, I'm um, getting, getting ready to get some champagne wishes <laughs> and caviar <laughs> dreams, baby, right here up in Trill Burger. Hey, man, how, 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 how proud of you? I'm uh, proud of, of this establishment. I mean, come on, talk to me. It's, it's, it's a blessing, man. You know, I've had an amazing career with rap, and it's not like I'm done with it. I'm still active. I actually got a gig tonight in Dallas. Oh, man. Um, but I was presented with the opportunity to be a part of this company. And when I tried the burger, I knew I was something I wanted to be involved with, man. And I put this burger on my back, and I took it around this country, and I yeah. presented it to people all over America. Um, 
I use everything I had to get myself in certain doors just to present it to the right people in the right place. And it took off, man. And then once we, you know, once we won Best Burger on Good Morning America, that was it. You yeah, know, because that yeah. really. That's it, huge. Because for one, it validated what we had been saying about the food the whole time. But then it had opened up to a whole world of people that are outside my core demographic. Yeah. Like Good Morning America is predominantly older people yeah. that watch that show. So the 55 and up crowd was on my bumper. Like they were serious. <laughs> they were trying to get that burger. But then also by going to these different music festivals and whatever, yeah. it also afforded me the opportunity to present it to the next generation of artists and build that connection and that bond with those people. So this this burger is not only a great financial thing for me, it's also very representative of Houston's culture. You know, when people come here from all over the country, and they have been coming, they've even been coming from Canada and overseas, you know, we wanted to make sure it felt trio. Yeah, it yeah. looked trio, mm -hmm. you know, and that it was representative of what people expect from Houston culture. There's no telling who's going to be in this thing, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> at any given time. Look, you got legends in here today, you know what I'm saying? World champions in here two times, no, you know what I'm saying? No, so, so it's a blessing, though, Book. I ain't going to lie, man. You know, you and I, you know, We've been blessed to see the world, right? Travel all around the world, get adoration from millions of people, man. You know, so it's it's one thing to know that you put in hard work and you made the effort, but it's another thing to be appreciated. Yeah, man. Is it um, kind of like the rap game? Like when you first started, you you hustling, man. You hustling, hustling. Right. You, you selling CDs out of the trunk. You know what I mean? You running from money, the mall to mall. You go into the club, handing the CD off to the brothers. Hey, man. You, it's like that. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. First of all, I haven't had this kind of passion, meet purpose, since I started rapping. Yeah. Right? I haven't really felt energized about something like this in a long time you know when i lost pimp um it, it really took a lot out of me from the music industry it's my job it's my career and that's what i had to do to take care of my family but it just it became more of a job it used to be fun it became more of a job and my wife helped me to make sure that it became interesting so i wasn't phoning it in but Getting this burger made me want to wake up in the morning, made me want to read, made me want to talk to people, ask questions, do research, do my homework, learn all of the different components of the food industry from the kitchen to the service, the, the, the hygiene, all of this different stuff that it takes to make a business work. Um, that's where I'm at right now. It's a renewed interest, a renewed passion, a renewed purpose, you know, and it's beautiful because... You know, when I started my music career, you know, the kids weren't old enough. My grandkids, they were born into this. Yeah. So that whole part of my life was already here when they came here. Right. But this new chapter in my life, everybody gets to be a part of. My granddaughter works at Trill Burger. My yeah. nieces work at Trill yeah, Burger. My, yeah. my manager, one of my best friends, my brother, his children work at Trill Burger. My, my other nephew, uh, Michael's son, works at Trill Burger. We've been able to give opportunities to people who normally would not be able to find employment in the city of Houston. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is a beautiful thing that we can afford people, man. If you look around here, white people work at Trill Burger. Black yeah. people mm -hmm. work at Trill Burger. Asian people, Latina people. We are a melting pot and a true representation of this Houston community. And I'm proud to have that. That's awesome, man. Hey, man, um, the transition. Yes. You know, I always talk about if you don't know how to change with the times, the times will truly pass you by. Absolutely. And you have been one of the brothers who have been able to make that transition so effortlessly. What has, um, why, 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 so? Well, look, I look at the people in front of me, right? I look at people like Ice Cube. I look at people like Snoop. Yeah. I look at people like Shaq, people mm -hmm. like yourself, right, who took all this cultural equity that you built up 
right, that other people unfortunately were able to profit off of more than you, and now you can monetize that equity. We're doing podcasts, right, doing products, selling burgers. Now we're the ones that have control not only of our power, but the profit and the money that we make. You know it's what I'm all saying? about so, that paper, baby. So I'm, I'm watching how players like you transition. <laughs> I'm taking my notes and my cues from people who were successful before me, right, and who, like, reached the top plateau of their respective careers and now realize there's other things that they need to put in their energy behind, other things, other avenues that they can try. I'm looking at that type of thing, man. I'm paying attention because as much as I love rap, I understand it's a younger man's sport. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I still have my fan base. I still go out and do shows and I get a crowd or whatever, but I don't know if that's necessarily how I want to spend the next 30 years yeah. of my life, letting that be the number one thing that I'm doing. This is a great place to put my energy. I can book everything around this. So I could be at Trail Burgers Monday through Friday, and if I needed to go do something on the weekend, I could still go out Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. You know what I'm saying? I got the best of both worlds. Man, man. Young people, young people, y'all better so y'all better get a biscuit right now and soak this knowledge up. Because this, this bird talking, Brad, go ahead, man. Well, you know, I mean, I've heard you talk about Trail Burger. Obviously, that's why we're here. Um, this location, you said, is like a temporary spot for you, and you want to expand greater. Like, what is yes. the what is the five year vision for Trailburger? Do you want to have multiple locations around the city? Do you want to expand statewide? Well, I mean, look, I, I think for many people, this this brand presents itself as a mom and pop brand, right? And it does. I do want it to feel that way, but I want this burger to be available to every person in the world, right? No matter if they all try it or buy it or whatever, but I want this burger at one day to be in a position where anybody on this planet can try one if they want one. But everybody in Houston needs one, right? <laughs> everybody in Houston needs this burger, right? Before we take it all on the world, I want to make sure that everybody in Houston had the chance and the opportunity to get this burger and let people know ahead of time, hey, man, I ate this thing. It's coming to Atlanta. You better be ready. It's coming to Dallas. It's coming to Austin. You better be ready. You like a movie. Look, like a movie, right? Word, word of mouth is what helped break me. I never really had the major media right. magazines or outlets support me as an independent artist. You know what I'm saying? So it was word of mouth that took UGK around the world. And so I used that same focus, that same narrative, and that same drive to take this burger around the world. I ain't doing nothing new, Booker T. Yeah. I'm, taking, I'm treating this burger like it's an album. I took it on promo tour. <laughs> yeah. I got it out in front of the people. We won Best New Artist when we won Best Burger, and now people pay for us to come to where they are. It's oh, a beautiful man. thing. I mean, but has the fact that how the city's embraced it, has it surprised you at all? Because because, I mean, I would drive by here every day, and I'm thinking, is today the day I'm going to get the burger? And I see the line going down the block, and I'm like, wow, the love is out of this world. I'm, I'm not surprised by repeat customers, because once you have this burger, you can't not want this burger. Yeah, true. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm trying to be I'm careful. Y'all got to forgive me, because there's cowboy fans in here, and I told them they could all come <laughs> before the season starts. But now I feel like they just traipsing up and down in my in my building like this, showing off their little blue stars or whatever. But I'm going to be easy about it. I'm going to be easy about it. No, but the, I think the beautiful thing about this is that, you know, I built this company off the back of Houston. There's no way around. That's why if you look at the merchandise, it says Houston made. And this is the first place we presented this burger. This was the place that told the world that Bumby does have a great burger and told people, come to Houston, come try this burger. Let it be a part of your cultural experience and your tourism when you come to the city of Houston. I never would have thought that people would make the effort that it takes to get this burger. We started this company in the summertime. We opened this brick and mortar in the summertime in Houston. That's 98 plus degree weather for the majority of the summer. Not yeah. just certain days, the majority of the summer. People still stood outside in line. You guys got here today, it was pouring down raining. People were still standing in line to get this burger. And it's not just about me. 
this burger is bigger than me at this point. This burger is really representative of Houston's hip hop culture, how tightly we're bonded in this community, and how we want to present ourselves to the world. So it's really, this burger has transcended being a burger, and it's transcended being me. So when people come here, one, they know the burger is good, and they're willing to eat the burger, but it's also a support, a continuing support, of not just my personal career, but also Houston's hip hop culture, and the way we present ourselves out to the world. I would love for Trill Burger to be one of the best cultural exports from this city. And it's well on its way. You know what I mean? It's well on, and for me, you know, Booker was talking about soak up all this knowledge, and for the young people listening and people like myself, you know, I just turned 30 and I look to people like you and people like Book. It's just awesome for me to have two Houston representatives who are self-made and yes. show the path for people of all colors, of all cultures, of all backgrounds. Y'all are paving the way for people like as myself to think bigger than what we thought of, you know, 10 years ago. I think Book can agree on this, right? Once you figure out how you're seen by the public and once you've seen yourself being promoted, marketed and sold to the public, and see how much money that generates. The minute you figure that out, you start trying to figure out how you can do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, you got contractual obligations, sure. and you want to honor those things, right? But the sooner that you can transition from being the employee to the employer, mm. you start looking for ways. Now, everybody can't be that person, right? Like, everybody can't get a this burger, but you can get a proverbial burger, right? right. You yes. can get a proverbial <laughs> podcast. There's something out there that you can learn from watching my journey that can contribute to your journey. Because there's things I watch from his journey that contributed to my journey. Yeah. And that's what this is really all about. Living a life that people can learn from. That that right there is uh, what I want to, you know, transition to. Talk about the grind. Talk about, you know, um, being able to stay in the game. And, you know, because when you take yourself out of the game, you know, that that's pretty much the end. But you yes. have pretty much weathered this storm. And, you know, I, I lost my dad when I was um, 10 months old. I lost my mom when I was 14. Wow. Um, you've gone through a lot of trial and tribulation, man. You know, losing your partner, Pimp C. Yes. Um, you know, you know, Fat Pat, Big Hawk. You know, um, we just lost this kid with the Migos takeoff. Yes. You know, so much um, um, we, 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 we had to deal with in order to get to this, this, this point. Absolutely. How important it is for you to, you know, talk to young people and let them know that that is light at the end of the tunnel, but you got to keep grinding. No, absolutely. First of all, you know, I had an idea of what my life was going to look like, mm -hmm. right? The certain things happened, and that was not the way things ended up happening. But that didn't mean life was over for me. That mean, didn't mean opportunities weren't open for me. But I had to be open to finding something new. I had to be open to listening to people's uh, opinions and taking people's advice and, and really wanting to have a personal stake in shaping my life. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to build something out of that. And now I'm in the a, in a, in a middle of building something else. Yeah. So I know what it's like to be bottomed out. I know what it's like to not have nobody in your corner and yeah. to really just be stuck in the mud trying to get out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've done it twice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? By the grace of God. And so if nothing else, you can just look at my life. You know, leave, I leave a life by that that by example shows what you can overcome and what you can accomplish. Being from where I'm from and the home I grew up, I grew up in a duplex, you know, duplex, yeah. that way you got two families living in one house and they share the bathroom, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's worse than the shotgun shack. At least in the shotgun shack, you got your own bathroom, you know, but I didn't let those kind of things define me, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I watched my mom work very hard, you know, to, to, to provide a life for me after her and my dad divorced. And so my main drive was to try to create a life 
that my mother could be proud of and yeah. then hopefully my mother could benefit from. Yeah. I've been able to do both of those things. And so now, <clears throat> now instead of looking back, I'm looking forward. I took care of the people in my past. Now I got to take care of the people in my future, yes, the children, me. the grandchildren. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. All of those type of things. And that just really just puts a bigger, stronger fire under my feet yes. to make this happen. I want to be successful, right? I want my partners to be successful. I want this product and this brand to be something that the people that come in here and eat and spend money with can be proud of. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, I still get up every day and I'm still on it. When you get that hustle in you and you figure out how to make something work, to build something from nothing, you don't just stop once you make it. You try to see what else you can build up. I did this with this talent. What talent did I learn strengthening that talent that could open up another door for me? For me, that was really salesmanship. Once I realized that I wasn't in the entertainment industry, I was, in, I was a salesman, that's when the perspective changed. And that's when things started to really open themselves up to me and realize that everything I learned from selling music, I can use to damn near sell anything as long as I believe in the product like I believed in the music. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you talk about you're building it for the future, for the next generation, one thing that everyone's always looked at to you when they're coming up, especially in the rap game, they want the Bun B cosign. They want the feature. They want the verse. And, you know, we had a very prosperous underground scene for a very long time here in the city. You go back five, six, seven years ago, you had Dobezy, Propane, Les, who's really transitioned, made a good career for himself. What was it like for you seeing that next crop of Houston artists come up? And how compelled did you feel to give them that cosign and to really be there for them. Well, I was there, Brad. I was just I, like I them, you know. I, see, I, you I was just like them. And I had people like Too Short pull my coattail. I had people like Willie D, Jay Prince, Scarface pull my coattail, point me in the right direction, help me avoid obstacles. So I felt it was my duty once I found a level of success to reach back. And I still do. You'll still see me on new up-and-coming artist albums. You'll still see me featuring in videos. You'll see them. I invite them all to come in the store, be a part of the culture, introduce themselves to people, let people know that y'all here to represent the city. It's absolutely important to keep that going, to keep that momentum going. Once one person gets it, you try to make sure that somebody else around you gets it, and you got to pick the right people that are going to do right by the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? You can't co-sign everybody. I, yeah. People may not realize it, but as many records as people see me do, I turn down just as many, if not more, because everybody doesn't deserve to be attached, attached to my legacy. When I give somebody a co-sign, I'm attaching them to my legacy. Yeah. And everybody don't really deserve to be a part of that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But yeah. if I can find somebody that, that's focused, got their head on right, got a strong team behind them, and got a real purpose as to why they're trying to do what they do, I feel compelled to get behind it. And a lot of those dudes, a lot of those songs that I do, I don't even take the money from these dudes sometimes. Because if for me, I'm, I'm pretty good right now, right? I don't necessarily need the money, but if I'm really trying to help these artists, there's probably places they can put that money that can get them more out of it than giving it to me. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll turn down a feature and be like, you're not ready for a Bumby feature because your system doesn't have the infrastructure to take advantage of yeah, it. Yeah. So if you was going to pay me X amount of money to do this verse, what you need to do with that money is put some here, put some there, and then sit on this in case one of those pop, and then you can chase that momentum. And then when you get where you need to be, come back and holler at me. Yeah, all those names um, uh, Brad was just talking about there. Yeah, the propane. Yes. Um, those those young young guys, you know, they seem to got to have their heads on their shoulders. Yes. They seem to be in the right place. We work with Les all the time, and he just he's just a down earth dude. Absolutely. Is the rap game in a different place today than it was back when you was running? It is. It is, and and it, it works both ways, right? The beautiful thing about the music industry now is that the artists in the position 
to capitalize off of their talent more than ever. Yeah. Artists does not necessarily need a record company. They don't need A&R. They don't need that big system to be successful. You can bring it straight to the to the people. It's peer-to-peer now. So if you have enough you know, belief in yourself, you have minimum amount of structure and some type of funding behind you, you can actually build your own momentum. The problem with that is that because so many people see money now, yeah. right? When I started, there wasn't really a lot of money involved in hip hop. No rappers were rich when I started, right? They had cars and jewelry and stuff like that, but nobody was rich. Nobody was a multimillionaire. So being a part of hip hop culture just meant that I wanted to prove I was good at what I did. But now the main drawing component to being an artist is the money, right? Because it's very easy to capitalize off the money, and that's fine. But with that comes a lesser need to feel that you have to be of a certain level of an MC, right? You don't even feel like you need to be a lyricist. And you don't, because everybody doesn't want that from their right. entertainment. But we still have to go out and find the propanes, the lesses, you know, guys like that, the sauce walkers, who are not just people trying to make music, people trying to build brands, yeah. bring other people along for the ride, you know what I'm saying, and create long-term goals for their, for their families. And I support that all day. So. You know, those kind of guys are always welcome to come to me, and not just for music. A lot of these young artists, you know, the music thing they kind of get, it's really trying to balance it with life, right? How do I make this work for my baby mama? How do I make this work for my kids, my wife, my mama, my grandmother, the people that they love? How do I protect them from the things that come with this job? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Once I get a bunch of money, I'm from the hood, I'm gonna mess around and have a target on my back. How do I keep that target off my family's exactly, back? Exactly. Those type of things. Those are the ways that I try to help artists navigate because the music that's the easiest part of the music industry is making the music it's managing the energy and the business and the money that's the hard part you know you know top on that right there when i first got in the wrestling business you know i had a lot of friends around me that i knew if i hung around that area i wasn't gonna do nothing right i got in it i ended up picking up everything and i moved to atlanta i said man i want to get close to it i want to make sure um, I, I put everything in in this in order to make it work. I right. did that, um, but you you stayed right here in the city, man. You ain't moved. You ain't go nowhere. You had that target on your back. How'd you make it through all those trenches and pitfalls and whatnot? By the grace of God, I can't sit here and act like yeah. I'm nothing special. Uh -huh. I'm just like everybody else mm -hmm. trying to make it every day. Yeah. But I do feel touched, right? I do feel like. You know, through everything that I went through, somebody still grabbed me and kept me away from it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The when, things that I went through, I kind of had to go through to learn the lessons that I learned to become who I eventually became. But there was also a lot of other bullshit that I had my hands in, just being honest. <laughs> that I had my hands in that, for some reason, everybody else got jammed up and mm -hmm. caught up. Yeah. And the I was saved. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't in the car I when it you. got shot up. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in the car when it got pulled over. But yeah. those were my friends. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Those are the people I was spending every day with. I wasn't in the house when the laws ran in it. All of these different things happened to me in my life, and I can't be ignorant to that type of yes. stuff. Only so much of that can be coincidence. You know what? At some point, I felt like there's a higher power, some kind of angel positioning me in this life. I'm trying to do right by whatever that is. I appreciate you telling that story right there because so many young people out there, they riding in that car, they in that house, and nothing goes wrong. They think they lucky. Exactly. They think they lucky. Yes, no, indeed. brother, you are blessed. And somebody's yes. trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. You know, there were a lot of things that I didn't pay attention to as I was growing up, and I paid the price for some of those things. But I never had to pay the ultimate price. I thank God I never had to pay the ultimate price for the mistakes I made. And so every day I wake up, I try to be a better version of myself. You was like I'm that, still not perfect. You like that cat with nine lives. First time I got in trouble, I'm in the back of a police car going to prison. 
and, th- and that's what the young people need to know. That's what you need to know, young people. You need people. to know. It only takes one mistake all it like, takes. to throw your whole life yes, away. Yes, indeed. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Getting in trouble is super easy. You can get in trouble without even trying to get in trouble. <laughs> Getting out of trouble is oh. one of the hardest things you will ever do yes, in indeed. this world. Uh-huh. Trying to prove to people that you're a good person when everything about what you've been doing says you're not, that's a hard thing to turn around. Yes, it's indeed. a hard thing to turn around in this world. You know, I mean, we have a big wrestling audience, obviously. Obviously. You know, uh, you know, book being who he is. What is your what is you what is your kind of background with wrestling? Were you always were you a fan growing up? Who are your oh, fans? Oh man, look, I, I'm I'm look, I come from the junkyard dog slash Stagger Lee right. era, oh, yeah. right? I come from Hacksaw Jim Duggan with the oh, two yeah. by four with his oh, thumb yeah. up. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, rest in peace to the Iron Sheik. You know, yes, you know, I came up in that era, man, like the golden era. Some would say of wrestling, yeah. where it really transcended from these small independent leagues around the country to this big conglomerate that yes. we see today. Yes. It's literally been some of the greatest entertainment in this world for over the past 30 plus years. You know what I'm saying? Some of the biggest sporting events held in this world were wrestling events. And make no mistake about it, wrestling is a sport. You call it what oh, you yeah. want to, oh, but yeah. you try to do it in bad shape. <laughs> you try to do it in bad shape if you want to. You know what I'm saying? You'll F around and find out. <laughs> you know, but but no, man, I come, you know, as, as a child, man, you know, you wanted to be a superhero or your favorite wrestler, right? Because it was really about how masculine you felt, how yeah. strong you felt. Yeah. And wrestling was always a representation of that. Even if it wasn't the biggest guys like the Kamalas of the world or the Andre the Giants, you still had the Jimmy Fly Snookers oh, who were in great shape but oh, yeah. also very athletic. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I'm yes. saying? And so... And, and I mean, I'm from Texas, so the Von Eric family, like, right. you yeah, know what I'm saying? Be. Like, that's tradition yeah. here, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, wrestling has always been a part of my life. Um, and it's so amazing that the people that I used to look up to and watch on TV are now, I can, I have these people's phone numbers, like, getting, I'm, no, I'm, look, I'm from Texas, getting to know Booker T, getting to know Earl Campbell, and, yeah. you know, Clyde Drexler and people like that. You don't even think like that when you're a kid. That, you know, even if you met these people, you would always be looking up to these people. And I still look up to Booker. But it's beautiful that Booker looks straight ahead to me. He doesn't look down at me. You know what I'm saying? You can meet your hero sometimes, and it could be some of the worst experiences in life. That they would not be who you thought they were. And not the men they presented to people. And I get it. Many people are playing characters. You know, maybe everybody doesn't have to live up to that. But you have to be careful about how you present yourself in this world, particularly to young people. Because if they hear one thing and see another, it's going to be disappointing, and it really sends them a different way. It, oh, yeah. it really makes them think, well, damn, I thought I had to be like this, so if people would see me like this. Yeah. But if he ain't like that, then I don't have to be like that. So we don't want to lead the kids the wrong way. And we know with music, entertainment, period, a lot of the children are watching what we do. You know what I'm saying? It's just incredible for me. I don't mean to cut you off, oh, but it's incredible for me. My two biggest passions growing up were wrestling and hip-hop. You know, being from Houston, standing next to y'all, it's just an incredible thing. <laughs> Mission accomplished, bro. Hey, man, it's, you, I would have never believed it if you told me this was going to happen. But, you know, you talk about being nice. There's no Everyone out in this city has a Bun B story. They got a Booker T story, and, and they're never bad stories. I remember Kanye said on, on uh, his first album, nicest Bun B when I met him at the Source Awards, <laughs> right? Um, what, what, where does that come from? Why do you always feel like you want to have have that you know, presentation about yourself. A wise man told me a long time ago, walk in every room like your mama there. Wow. And Woo. so that's what I do. I walk in every room and I carry myself in a way that if my mama was in the room, I would be carrying myself. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because that's why I've always looked at myself in this world, not so much a representation of me, but a representation of my mama. 
right? How I, you know, whenever I make a mistake, I feel bad because I know my mama didn't raise me like that. You know, yeah, whenever yeah. I make the wrong decisions, I feel bad because I know my mother didn't raise me like that. And so everything I do, every choice I make, every decision that I choose is based off the people that sold into me. Mm -hmm. The people that loved me and pushed for me and gave to me when I had nothing, created opportunities for me when I had none, and supported me when I had no support. Yes. Those are the people I don't want to let down. No, I'm taking yeah, that with yeah, me no, Walking I'm, like your mom's No, there? it's simple. I mean, I, 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 I use that same analogy. You know, um, please, thank you, yes, man, yes. no, sir. Yeah. You know, they'll take you so far in life. You know, first impressions is one thing, but that lasting impression is what you really want to make on on people. You it's, know, It's I mean? important for me that yeah. every time people meet me, they meet the same person. Yeah. yeah. So if you talk to a, a thousand people about Bumby, each one of those people will tell you about the same person. They're not going to tell you about two different and the thing Bumbies. Is, no matter how you feel. They're going to feel that way. Yes, That's absolutely. the thing. That's the thing. Uh, because it's never, I always say, it's never my experience. It's their experience. Yeah, for me, these things are, as they say, like a dime a dozen, right? When yeah. I interact with a fan, that's a dime a dozen for me. Right. When a fan interacts with me, it's one in a million. Yes. You know, and that's the dynamic that exists. So, and Warren Moon said this alone. I've, this, this, nothing stuck with me more than this. Warren Moon said, if you're a person of influence and you're having a bad day, stay home. Exactly. Oh, Stay man, home. that's a good one. Just don't wow. mess up the experience for people. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Because these are the people that, for him, these are the people that buy the tickets. They buy the jerseys, right? They the ones that take care of my family. If you know you're not in a good mood and you know you're not going to have a good interaction with people that day, just stay home. Just stay home because you never know. Bro, like I've met people who were teenagers when I met them, yes. and now they're vice presidents of Fortune 500 companies, yes. and I get corporate gigs yes. and phone calls and shows and all these different bookings just because I was kind to somebody wow. 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was courteous to somebody 17 years yes. ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You'd be surprised how little gestures can grow into big opportunities. Yeah. Games to be sold, not told, but you're telling <laughs> yeah. it right now. Yeah, you're yeah. telling That's, it right hey, look, now. Look, man, it's the Hall of Fame. I'm not holding back. <laughs> I'm not holding back. You know, I've, and I've said this on our show. I've said it for years on other shows. I even have the 45 on my wall in my office. International Players Anthem is the greatest rap song ever ever created, oh, man, thank ever you. recorded. Thank Hot 97 you. just named it one of the top 50 hip-hop songs of all time in 50 years. I'll take that. I, I want to know <laughs> about not just the genesis of the record, but this is what all the rap nerds want to know. How'd y'all come up with the order of operations? You know, Andre start, then Pimp, then you, then Big. So you don't want to come, you, you don't want to try to come before Andre because Andre's going to close it out. So it's best <laughs> to just get him out there up front and get it out the way. The craziest thing about this record that it was never meant to have Outkast on it. This was actually a record with UGK and 3-6 Mafia. Right. Um, things happened with them in the label. So the label, they got into it. They stopped clearing them. So we could still, and they produced the record. But their production deal wasn't with the same label that their group deal was. So the beat could stay, but the group had to go. Same time um, this was going on, a sampler of the album was sent out. If, um, in L.A. during All-Star Weekend, Big Boy and Andre both got the sampler separate. And they weren't even recording together at that time because Andre was doing a lot more acting. So Andre calls and says, hey, man, I just heard this record. Are y'all done? I want to get on it. We're like, no, it's never done if you want to get on it. <laughs> he was like, cool. But he's like, I don't want to rap to the drums. I just want to rap to the sample. Then I get a call from Big Boy. Hey, man, I just heard this record. This bitch jamming. Are y'all done with it? Uh, no, what do you think? I want to rap on it, but I just want to. I just want to rap on the drums. I don't want to rap on the sample. So in one, in two phone calls, I learned exactly why Outkast existed as it did, <laughs> right? Because they were complete polar opposites that, when put together, created the perfect complement to yeah. each other. So Andre did his verse. We put him at the beginning. 
Big sent his verse. We put him at the end, let, made a nice little sandwich. You know what I'm saying? So produced by 3-6 Mafia, uh, UGK record featuring Outkast. I don't really know how much more you could do. I mean, that's royalty, right? I, I just don't know how much more you that's could do to make a hit right record. Hey, you know? Hey, and, and to have four iconic verses that people, I know every time you perform the record, everyone knows every word. Oh, yeah, I'm lucky because the drums switch up on my verse, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. everybody has everybody back. has parts of the record that complement them, right? Yeah. Andre with no drums in it, then as soon as the drums kick in, Pimp comes in, sets off the tone. I come in, add a little double time energy to it, and Big Boy comes in and wraps it up. It's beautiful, man. I know you're probably thinking, but what'd you find this white kid? <laughs> you know, no. I, I, I bumped into Brad once or two times before. It's well understood how oh, Brad man. gets down. And it's genuine. That's no. why I rock with him. No, this no, is he, who he is. No. In this suit and tie, loving UGK. No, That's no. exactly who Brad is. <laughs> I appreciate that, fun. No, nah, man, I know you got, um, got to get out of here. I know you got, got to get, get back to the Dallas, and I know you got to get out of here, guys. We're at Trill Burger at 3607 South Shepherd. Yes. Make sure you get down there and get you one of them Trill Burgers as soon as you get a chance. Anything you want to leave the the, the the, the listeners with before we part ways. Look, man, it has been an honor and a pleasure to have the Hall of Fame record live here. Y'all have no idea how many podcasts, video shows, TV shows have asked to film in Trill Burger. This is the first. I appreciate you. This appreciate is the first. You. This is a Houston-made company. Houston legend should get first access oh, to anything we're is. doing in here. So when Book asked to do it, I said, you got it, champ. No problem. Then he said, well, you know it's me and Brad. I said, Brad, my guy, let's get it. Brad, my dude, let's get it. I want to thank Hall of Fame people out there, all the listeners, all the supporters, but most importantly, the subscribers for supporting these guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to support them, and you should too. Hey, guys, stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame. You we'll be back in a minute. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about it. Let's talk about sex. Hey, you remember when you was always ready to go? I'm talking about strapping the rocket on it, man. Going straight to the moon. I'm talking about getting it done. If you want that extra confidence, I got something for you. Listen up. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, but in a chewable tablet at the fraction of the cost. But the great thing, Book, is you can take it any time, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, guys, it's all done online on the internet. So there's no doctor's visit, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at a pharmacy or any of that. And the thing is, book Blue Chew's tablets, they're made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so no one is the wiser. You know, let's just get it out there, guys. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. It, it's like this. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew absolutely free when you use promo code Booker at your checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping, man. That's BlueChew.com and use promo code and receive your first month absolutely free, man. Visit BlueChew.com. Use promo code Booker to receive your first month absolutely free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety the information and you know we want to thank blue chew for sponsoring the hall of fame podcast chew it and do it it's time 
for the five minutes of fame. Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. I'm Booker T, six-time world champ, two-time Hall of Fame. I got my man Brad Gilmore here with me as well. And we got a very, very special guest stepping inside the Hall of Fame to get a little champagne, which is caviar dream, as well as stepping inside the five minutes of fame. Oh, yes. It's going to be good. I got my man Trick Williams. What's going on, Trick? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? The one and only Trent Willis finally arrived. What's good, baby? <laughs> the intro, man. I just want to thank you first and foremost, man, for coming and gracing us down at Reality of Wrestling and doing your thing. Stepping inside the ring, doing it like it's supposed to be done, making them suckers pay my son. Making them say, Daddy, I don't want none. I, I appreciate you, man. I just want to say thank you for that. Hey, man. Hey, the honor is mine, man. I went there. I had a great time. The crowd was hype. We got about a thousand out there. And it's just another chance for people to see what Trick Williams is all about. So I you know, opportunity. you know, and that brings me uh, to my first question. You know, when I, when I watch you at reality of wrestling, you seem to be so comfortable in the middle of the ring, doing your thing with the microphone. When I watch you in NXT, you seem to just flow like it, like, like, like water, man. Uh, it feels, it feels so easy uh, um, when you're doing it. Um, where that confidence come from, man? Man, like it's just in me, you know what I mean? Like, my family, we all talk. Like we've been talking noise one another since I was a little kid. So, so just learning how to read people and how to entertain people, you know, that's just what we do. And then, uh, you know, I grew up playing football, so I've always been able to like post game interviews, motivational speaking. You know, that probably just tuned up my skills. But man, when I hear my voice on the microphone, I feel the power. So I want to. Put a little rasp on it, you know. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, man. I, I feel that, too. <laughs> you know that rasp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go, Brad. Bradley, what, yeah. you got something? No, yeah, no. Uh, piggybacking on what Booker said, you know, obviously your, your skill on the mic is evident. We saw that at, at Reality Wrestling when you said I had eight abs, four chains, two women, and two whatever else you said, you know, coming off with it, coming with it, man. And I meant every um, word. I know you did. I know you did. And that's what makes you so authentic. That's why the people love Trick Williams. But I guess my question is from when you're putting your promos together, who are the influences? Who are the other people that you've looked to? It could be inside the ring or outside the ring. Oh, man. Well, I'm a big fan of comedy. Like, I watch comedy, I watch old school comedy. Like I watch uh, Lavelle Crawford, uh, I watch uh, Bruce Bruce. You know what I mean? I watch funny guys. You know Eddie Murphy, Bernie Mac, of course. And I love the way they can set up their punchline and make it hit. You know, it's almost just like wrestling. You got to set it up. You got to let people feel it when it's time for people to feel it. So I think just my natural love of comedy, like growing up, is really paying off now. Kind of time how to set up. You know my my punchline. You know, um, when I was coming up um, as a kid, I used to love watch Houston wrestling, and uh, and I, I didn't I didn't care, man. I just loved it. I didn't care where I was, and then when I grew up, I, I still loved it. And, and but I never thought, uh, I dreamt in a million years that I could be a professional wrestler. But then one day, I, I saw a guy on television doing it, and I and I go, man, I. I think I could do this better than him um, right now. Uh, <laughs> is this a uh, love, a passion, or this something that you got into um, as a secondary um, after the football thing? Yeah, and I'm going to keep it a buck. 
shoot, growing up, I did watch wrestling. This is around your day, book. You know, mm-hmm. shoot, my first favorite wrestler was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Man, I opened a can of whoop ass at three years old. And my mama told me, like, hey, we're gonna have to cut back with the wrestling a little bit. <laughs> I got in trouble, you know what I mean? But uh uh then I I stopped watching wrestling for for a little bit and I kind of focused on football. But you know, I knew what's going on. I knew the next generation passed the attitude era. You know, I watched Booker, then I saw John Cena, Randy Orton, these guys, but I wasn't all the way into wrestling. You know, I was fully involved in the football. And then um, after college, uh, I had a mini camp trial with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I got cut. And then um, from there, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was still trying to play football. But I had an agent at the time. He was trying to sign me up for the XFL. And the XFL was owned by Vince McMahon. So I filled out this questionnaire for the XFL. And then the next day, uh, WWE reached out to me and said, hey, if you're interested, we want to bring you to a, bring you for a tryout. And just like you, I never once really thought about wrestling myself. You know, where I'm from, I don't know any professional wrestlers. I didn't know there's indie schools at this point in time. I didn't know how you even get into it. So, but I did go to the tryout. I was like, man, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. Like, you know, I think I'm actually made to do this right here. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, they didn't sign me right away, so I had to go, you know, pursue it. I made up my mind. Said, Yo, I'm not a football player no more. You know, I'm a wrestler. So since then, it's been history. Awesome, awesome. Now, I'm always fascinated, you know, probably back in the locker room when you were in in football and even to this day, getting in the mindset to go out there and perform, to go out there and and be in the mood set to put your hands on another man, you know, and and get that one, two, three at the end of the day. I want to know what is the playlist Trick Williams has? What is your playlist that you go to? Who are the songs that put you in the mindset to go out there and do what you do? I mean, we can go through it right now. I mean, I'm just listening to it for this podcast. You know, <laughs> listen, if you listen to Trick Williams' playlist, you're going to hear some Gucci. You're going to hear some Young Jeezy. You're going to hear some Yo Gotti. You're going to hear some, uh, you're going to hear some, uh, The Baby. Uh, anything with that bass, man. I just need that bass. You know what I mean? It ain't even about what they say most of the time. It's just the rhythm. It's the beat that gets you in the right state of mind so I can flow like I need to flow. You, you know, um, one thing I, I always talk to, you know, Brad, uh, my students uh, about all the time, and I try to make sure when they come in, I try to make sure I give them a certain name uh, because I always say in this business, you got to have a championship name. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I, 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 wait, wait a minute, I'm not sure, but I'm, 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 I'm wondering, uh, when you first got the name Trick, is it something that you liked or not? Well, Trick for me, my, my birth name is Matrick, is Matrick. Yeah, yeah. So trick is really just an extension or actually a subtraction. You know, you take off the MA and that leaves you a trick. So, yeah. you know, in college, you know, people be like, oh, yo, trick, 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 you know, because, you know, I guess trick daddy, I guess made it kind of cool. But, uh, you know, like you say, I do want a championship name, but I do know that I make the name. You know oh, no, no, no. You said you just killed it right there. You just killed it. You know, you made it. You took it. You made it your own. You expanded it. And now they said it on Monday Night Raw. You know, so that that's what I'm talking about. When you get something in this in this business, young young blood, 
you got to be able to enhance it. You got to be able to, you know, culture it. You got to be able to, you know, make it your own. And I'm going to tell you, you took Trick and, and made Trick Williams um, one of the one of the hottest things uh, out there going today. I, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, nobody did that. You did that. You did your, that yourself. You know what I mean? And I know this five minutes of fame, and I know, um, you know, it's only supposed to be uh, five questions. But I got to get one more in um, before you uh, uh, get up out of here, man. Uh, because you've been rolling in the shadows of that man, that that young man looking down, you know, from from high upon, you know, the stars, you know, uh, <laughs> on top of the world, Ma, Carmelo <laughs> Hayes, and uh, mm-hmm. you you've been in the shadows, and now you breaking out uh, mm-hmm. on your own. What's the ultimate goal, man, Trick Williams? The goal is gold. I want gold. You know, no better way to prove that the hard work that I put in this whole time is worth it than me holding some gold myself. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from my boy Melo. We still boys. You know, I have noticed when I stop focusing on him, I stop focusing on my career, man, the possibilities are limitless. And I won't go, but I won't go. Hey, man, just follow follow my motto, baby. Checks. And championships. championships. <laughs> That's what it's all about, baby. Hey, man, I want to thank you for stepping inside the Hall of Fame, you know, getting your five minutes of fame. Um, I know the future is very, very bright for this young man, Trick Williams. So, guys, make sure you have your sunglasses on, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So, uh, uh, hey, man, until uh, next time, uh, anything, any party words, any party words. Hey, man, stay tuned, man. We're just getting started over here. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, stick around. You in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute. I want to thank you guys for stepping inside the Hall of Fame, getting your champagne wishes and caviar dreams right here on Podcast Heat. And, guys, make sure you support all of our sponsors. When I say all of our sponsors, I mean all of our sponsors right here on Podcast Heat. Hall of Fame, now can you dig it? Next 